Brilliant. This is a great psalm. I really, really like this psalm. And there's so many things that you could pull out of it. When I was reading it, I was like, ooh, that's a really good thing that we could bring out. And ooh, that's really good. But I really felt strongly like there was two specific verses that it was like they were jumping out at me. And I felt like those were the two that I needed to, to really focus on. Um, so for those of you that don't know me, um, one thing that's really good to know um, is that I really like football. I really like to watch football. I like to play football. I'm not quite as young and fit as I used to be, but I do actually get to use sport in my work with children and young people, um, which is great because I get to help children and young people to explore the Christian faith through sport, which is, for me, pretty ideal because I really enjoy it. And so I, I really like sport, and I don't know about you, give me a little wave if you've ever seen, whether it's on TV or live, if you've ever seen a football match, or un- at least understand the concept. Good, right, we're okay. I kind of felt like, I don't know how many people are going to be into football, but I feel like most people understand the idea of it. So there's loads and loads of things that I, well, there's a few things I dislike about about football and the culture. There's some things I really don't like, but there's some things that I really love about football when people gather together. And what I love is that you've got some supporters on a team and they are in unity together. They are expectant that something is going to happen, that their team is going to win. Like even the teams, I, I am a Burnley fan. I'm going to say it. I'm going to admit it. We're not doing very well, just in case you're unaware of that bit. Um, but even Burnley fans, when they go to a football match, they are expecting to win, even though they are pretty low in, in their league. And I think it's great that you get these football fans that are shouting and screaming and so passionate about their team, like they are like, yes, we're going to win. And they're chanting together. You don't find one person just going, we're going to win. We're going to win. You end up, one person will, will start shouting and everybody will join in. And sometimes you've got these stadiums of people that are all in unity shouting together. And um, I took two of my nephews to the, the Burnley Leeds match at the end of August. And it was the first time they'd been to a Burnley match since, um, since March 2020. So it was, a, it was quite exciting for them. And it was the first time I'd been in quite a while. And genuinely, when I was sat there, I was really overwhelmed. And I'm quite an emotional person anyway, but after having not been in a crowd of people for so long, I was just so overwhelmed that there was all these people that were gathered together for the same purpose, and they were all just so happy and overjoyed to be there. And they were singing and shouting, and it was it was really positive. It was a really great experience. And I was genuinely slightly on the verge of tears, which for some people might sound really sad. Um, but it was just so great to see and to feel kind of the atmosphere of people being together. And, and when I was here um, for the first time when we sang together in this building since March 2020, I felt that similar kind of experience and I actually cried. Like, I, I am open to say it, I cried because we haven't had that opportunity to sing together and hear our voices and to be in unity worshipping God in that way for quite a while. And so it made me really emotional. 
And I really kind of felt that like, oh, it's so nice to be doing this together again and to hear each other's voices. And I kind of feel like we should feel like that a bit more often. Like we should feel more full of joy to gather together. Because sometimes I see, you know, football fans that are like, yes! And football is not that important in comparison to worshipping God. And sometimes I go to church services and it feels like people are bored. And it feels like there's this, this kind of discrepancy that shouldn't really exist. I feel like, you know, as Christians, we should be worshipping God and should be feeling full of joy to be there and hopefully showing it as well. I feel like we should be glad to gather together and full of joy and full of expectancy. Like if we're happy to be here, let's show we're happy to be here. Let's show it with our faces. Let's be smiling at each other. Exactly. Let's be smiling at each other and happy to be here because we should be glad to gather. You know, let's expect something to happen. Let's not just come here going, oh, this is what I do on a Sunday morning. Let's expect something to happen. Let's expect somebody new is going to come and is going to come and experience God for the first time. Let's expect that somebody's going to be healed this morning. Let's expect that somebody's life is going to be changed. Let's expect that somebody's going to feel peace that really needs it in their life. Let's come with this sense of expectancy that God's going to do something and let's be full of joy. Because for some people, actually, they might be in a difficult time at the moment. That is something that humans experience. And by you coming with smiles and with joy and chatting to people and being your wonderful, friendly selves, that might make a big difference to someone else, which we will talk about a little bit later. But in terms of some worship, actually, our outward expression of rejoicing is different for everyone. You know, for some people, it's hands up in the air. For some people, it's shouting and belting out the songs really, really loud. For others, it's it's hands out. For others, it's kneeling on the floor. Our outward expression can be different for different people, but what we want is for our hearts to be aligned together, for our hearts to be rejoicing in God, because it is so important. And the first verse that comes to my head when I think of rejoicing is Philippians 4 verse 4, which says, Rejoice in the Lord always, I will say it again, rejoice. And I remember this because this was spoken about about a, over a decade ago in, in the church that I was in in Burnley. And I still remember it because it's such a short verse, but rejoice is said twice in this just tiny verse. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Because our joy comes from God and can only be found in him. And to worship means to give worth to something. And I really believe, and I hope you do too, that God is worthy of our worship. He's worthy of our praise because it's in him that we find life and life is all its fullness. Because he's good no matter what situation we're in, he is always good. He's love. He's our father. He's hope. He's peace. He is joy. He is everything that we need, and he is so worthy of our praise. No matter what our circumstances are, God never changes. He's always, always worthy 
of our praise. And he's constant when life is up and down. And I've really felt that in my life, really felt that, because life has been up and down. And for a lot of people, that's, that's life because we are humans and a human life can be a bit up and down. But I've felt that God has always been that constant in my life. And that's been really important. But because life is up and down, we also need each other. We need each other. Because church is a family. So let's be family. You know, let's, let's not leave it up to Jean to be the one that makes sure everybody's okay. Let's make sure we all do it. Let's all, I know there are wonderful people here. And I'm always told that this service, people know each other and love each other and care about each other. And I think that is a brilliant, brilliant example to set, particularly for other, potentially other generations as well, to take that on board and to be able to learn from that. So keep doing what you're doing. And if you're, if you're not, then do it. If you're not checking in and seeing how people are, if you're not inviting people to, to go for tea or ringing someone if you notice they're not there, then let's, let's do that. Let's be a family. Because we do have a collective responsibility to care for each other. If there's someone that hasn't been here since we've started coming back to the building, check in. Ask them how they're doing. Let's be a family. Let's talk to each other. Let's make sure that we all take responsibility. And I, I love this um, part of the verse near the end. It says, for the sake of my family and friends, I will say, peace be within you. For the sake of my family and friends, I will say, peace be within you. Let's be a community of people that care about the well-being of each other. Let's make this a place of safety, a place of refuge, a place of hope and a place of peace. A place where people come in and they know that they are loved and they know they're going to have someone that they can talk to. Because some people have this um, strange thinking that the Christian life is easy. Some people think, oh, you become a Christian and then everything's going to be okay. You know, everything's going to work out for you. That's not, it's not quite the case because we are humans. And the human experience is one of ups and downs. And we might not be able to understand exactly what somebody's going through, but we can always be there. We can always be there. And sometimes that's actually the best thing we can do. Be there. Be available. And you may or may not know, but today is World Mental Health Day. And I think this is really, really important for us to talk about because Christians are not exempt from having challenges with their mental health. We all have mental health. Sometimes perhaps it's better than other times, but it, it exists for all of us. And for the past 18 months or so, there are some people, there's a, there's a group of people who have never really had any sense of struggle with their mental health before, but have experienced that recently because of everything that's been going on. And so we need to make sure that we are talking about this. You know, I don't know about you, but I actually really enjoyed the first lockdown. 
because we were, we were all like thinking it wouldn't last that long. Oh. And, and I was like going out for a walk every day and it was different and I, we were doing different things with work and it was just kind of exciting and fun at first. And I really enjoyed it. And I felt like I kind of thrived in that, in that time. And the summer was great because there wasn't much on, which meant it was an actual restful summer. Um, but then, as we started to realise things weren't going to go back to how they were so quickly, we realised more lockdowns were potentially on the way, which they were, I started to struggle at that point. And I feel like it was similar for a lot of other people as well, especially when it started to get dark and we were inside all the time and there wasn't as much to do and we couldn't socialise with people and get together with our friends because human connection is really important. And, and I don't know about you, you know, I'll admit it, I struggled at that time and I feel like a lot of people do too. And some people coming back into this kind of environment is still kind of a bit anxiety-inducing. It's a bit difficult for some people. And for other people, they have loved coming back and being with other people and that social contact and being able to do all those things that they haven't been able to do for a while. And one of the things that um, we do in our work with children and young people uh, is we... We focus a lot at the moment on, on pastoral care and focus a lot on mental health because it is so important. It is so important that we're helping children and young people to be more resilient, that we're helping them to, to know what to do with the feelings that they've got. But there's a little bit of a misunderstanding that some people think that struggling with mental health is a teenage, teenager's problem, that it's just for teenagers, but it's absolutely not true. Yes, their life contains things, you know, their access to the internet means that actually their mental health struggles are potentially getting worse for some young people. But mental health is something that we all need to think about. It's not a teenage, a teenage thing. Uh, and so when we're in high schools, there's something that we do at the moment that's, that's really important. We ask two questions. So we have lots of chit chat, lots of laughter, lots of fun. But we always ask two questions, and we ask these questions to hundreds of young people every week. And the two questions are, how are you, and what are you going to do about it? How are you, and what are you going to do about it? And they share their thoughts and how they are using a traffic light. And I feel like sometimes, as adults, we overcomplicate things. So we're going to simplify things today, and I'm going to share with you what we share with young people, because sometimes we just need to think about things simply. So we think about it using a traffic light, because sometimes people don't know how to put into words how they're feeling, and it actually, some of them need to point at a picture or point at a colour, and that will help them to understand how they're feeling. So red means not good, like down, upset, sad angry, some sort of deep feeling that's not, not good and, and they're really struggling with. And the key when you're feeling red is that we always say to young people, talk to a trusted adult. But the thing that I also tell young people is that adults need trusted adults. As adults, we need trusted adults that we can talk to about whatever it is that's going on in our life. Someone that we can meet with regularly, 
someone who can help us to think through how we're feeling and what's going on. You know, somebody, they might even not even give us any advice. Like often we just need someone to be there and listen to be a shoulder to cry on. But somebody that we trust whereby if they say, actually, have you thought about talking to this specific organization? Have you thought about seeing a counselor? Have you thought about this, that and the other? Somebody that we trust has our best issue, our best interests at heart. And we can say, oh, actually, that's, that's a good idea. And I remember going, um, going to see a counselor because I was having some struggles with um, worry and panic and anxiety. And it was so good. It was so good to have somebody there just sat there listening to me and not butting in. Because sometimes friends do that. I don't know if anyone else has noticed that. Sometimes friends butt in and just want to say what they've got to say. And you're like, no, I need to get out of how I'm feeling. Um, and I found that so, so helpful. And actually, I kind of needed someone to nudge me and say, have you thought about doing that? But the important thing about being a Christian is as well as having trusted adults, we, more importantly, but we need both, have God that we can talk to. Anytime, anywhere, we can pray and ask God for some help. Anytime. And sometimes God will change whatever's going on, but sometimes he changes how we feel about it. Sometimes our circumstances stay the same, but how we feel about it changes. And I shared that when I was talking about peace in, in the summer, um, about how sometimes I, I feel anxious and worried. And the situation doesn't necessarily change when I pray, but I feel a sense of calm. And it's this sense of calm that just doesn't match up to my situation. I should feel worried because this is going on, but I don't. And there's these beautiful discrepancies in the Christian faith that we find. We don't deserve God's love, but he gives it to us anyway. Oh. <gasps> You know, sometimes when we're going through the most difficult of times, we can experience joy, and it just shouldn't add up. And I remember when um, myself and my mum and my sister, um, we were we were sat on um, at the side of a hospital bed. And my stepdad was um, in a really bad way, um, and the doctors had told us that there was nothing they could do. And so we were kind of sat there and, you know, there was some, some tears when we were chatting to the doctors. But then once we got back into this hospital room, we felt this sense of peace. And somehow we were talking to each other, we were singing, we were laughing, we were having this lovely time together, which just shouldn't have happened. Like that is, just shouldn't happen when you're in that situation. But the beauty of God's joy is that we can have joy no matter the circumstances. Now, it's not always that easy, but we can. And the, the thing that we need to remember is that God never changes. That no matter what is going on in our life, God never changes. He's hope when all seems, seems lost. He is peace when there's a massive storm going on. He's constant no matter what's going on. He's always there for us, no matter what. We'll never, ever be alone. And we can come to him and we can pray. And when we don't know what to pray, we can ask the Holy Spirit to intercede for us on our behalf. So sometimes we need to go to God and go to others and ask for some help. 
And we will all need to do that at some point in our life. But sometimes in life, we're okay. You know, we're amber. This is how we call it. We're amber. You know, we're not amazing, but we're not awful. And here, there are loads of things we can do to help ourselves. There are lots of things that are really good for our mental health. And actually, being a Christian is really good for our mental health because praying is really good for us. Worshipping is really good for us because it takes our mind off our situation and onto God, who is good, always good. Doing things like colouring and knitting is really good for our mental health. Doing some physical activity where we can, going for walks, meeting up with friends, doing things you enjoy is really good for you. Being in a community of people is really good for you. And this is a community of people that should be really good for you. Making sure we sleep and eat food that makes us feel good. Those things are really good for us. And there's loads of things we can do for ourselves when we're okay. But if you're feeling green, life is amazing, all is well, like nothing is going wrong at all. And the important thing is when you're feeling green and you're feeling good, is that you don't keep it to yourself. That's the important thing. Because other people will be struggling. And we can use our green and we can let it overflow to other people. And we can help other people when they're really struggling. Because people do. But how do you know if somebody's struggling or not? Well, we get used to asking that question, how are you? And not as a greeting. We've got this thing where sometimes we go, how are you? Oh, good, thanks, cool. That's kind of it. But we need to get used to having this actual conversation. How are you? And make sure that we're trying to be open and honest as much as we can with people about how we're doing. Because that's how people know how we're doing. And that's how people will know to support us and help us. So if you're feeling green, make sure you notice who's not here and connect with them. Make sure you chat to somebody that you perhaps don't know. Somebody new comes. If you're feeling good, then it's, it's on you really to make sure that you do something to pass that green on and help someone to have a better day. Because if somebody's having a tough time and actually struggling to come to church, perhaps you saying to them, do you want to go and get a coffee afterwards? Or I'll save you a seat might actually make a massive difference to them. There's things that sometimes we think a little that actually for somebody else, might be huge and it might make a big difference to their life. So last week we talked about sowing seeds and sharing God with others. And I find for me, I don't know about you, it's so much easier for me to do that when I'm feeling good in myself. When my mental health is good, I feel more able to talk to people about God because I feel more confident. I feel more comfortable. I feel like I've got the words to say if I'm not exhausted. Sometimes when I'm tired, words come out and who knows what I'm saying. But when I've got more energy because I've slept better and I'm, I'm making sure I'm looking after myself, I find I'm more able to communicate with others about God. And that's really, really important for us to make sure that we're telling others about God. So let's be this loving and passionate community so that when somebody hears about Jesus and they're like, whoa, that's amazing, they then come if they, you know, if they're looking for a church, a church to come to, they come perhaps to the building and experience people that are, are smiling and happy to be here and rejoicing and people that care about each other and love each other 
and a community that they find really easy to just come and be involved in. So let's be family for the sake of each other and for the sake of those that are not yet part of our church family. So I'm asking you the same question that I ask teenagers every week. Are you ready? First question, how are you? Second question, what are you going to do about it? So on the screen, we can have all three of our red, amber, and green. I just want you to take just 30 seconds. Have a look. How are you? What color would you say you are? And the important thing, what are you going to do about it? Are you going to talk to someone? Are you going to do things that are good for yourself? Are you going to go and help others? So very quickly, have a little think about that. Let's worship God for who he is. When we sing the word rejoice, let's rejoice. These are great songs. Like the lyrics in these songs are amazing. So let's mean it. Let's not sing it like we're doing karaoke, which I do find sometimes in churches, it feels like that's what's going on. Let's mean the words that we sing. Let's rejoice because God is good. He's our healer. He's our strength. He's everything that we need. And he's so worthy of our praise. So let's rejoice in the house of the Lord.